This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And this week, we are going to be making milkshakes, and we are really excited. I think we're going to be making four milkshakes and drinking all of them. Matthew and I are particularly excited about this topic because we are crazy for chocolate malts. Yeah, I think uh, a chocolate malt is my favorite dessert ever, probably. I would drink one every day if I could get away with it. Have you always loved chocolate malts? Did you did you drink them as a kid? I did, and I can even kind of remember the first one I had, which was on a family vacation to like some lake in Oregon. But the the chocolate malt, like I was I was changed for life. You know, I mean, what what were some what were like the formative milkshakes of your youth? So my dad was the one who introduced me to chocolate malts. Um, sometimes he would make them at home, but most of the time we would go to a place called Brahms, which uh, if you live in Oklahoma, you've probably heard of Brahms, Brahms Ice Cream and Dairy Store. The malts there are actually not that great, so don't get your hopes up. So if you're in the neighborhood, don't bother. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> uh, if you do go, you need to ask for extra malt. And if you don't love it the first time you go, well, maybe give it a second chance or maybe don't. It kind of depends on, <laughs> on who's working there that day. Is this your Yelp review? <laughs> I guess so. But uh, anyway, my dad and I would go and uh, we'd get chocolate malts and cheeseburgers that came in those paper bags covered with foil and crinkle cut fries. Now, the next milkshake that I encountered was the Coop Shake. I went to this uh, small college in Southern California called Pomona College, um, which uh, I later dropped out of, but that's another story. Uh, while I was there, I used to go to the Coop, which was the student union, and uh, they had these milkshakes that could not, they weren't really milkshakes because there was no way anyone could ever get them through a straw unless they hook the straw up to like a powerful air compressor or hold something. Hold on, was this the kind of thing where they hold it over your head when they serve it to you, like upside down, and they're like, ah, look, it's so thick. No, but they could have. And so, yeah, you would have to eat it with a spoon, and we would go and get these mini nights. We would like go get a coop shake and then order the midnight special from Round Table Pizza. So it was uh, just part of, part of the gourmet lifestyle that I've always enjoyed. Sweet. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of gourmet lifestyle, my dad, <laughs> my dad was uh, a real garage sale kind of dude. Mm-hmm. 
And he came home from a garage sale one day with one of those, like, professional ice cream blenders, like they used at Brahms. You mean, like, the kind where you take the metal cup and you, and you like, Yeah, it's got sort of this, it's got this, like, wand that sticks down that's the blender, and it's got kind of a circular blade on the bottom, and you stick this metal cup up underneath it, and uh, it's actually, for me, it was kind of terrifying as a child, because... As you're sort of, you know, moving the metal cup around with this wand in it, you very often hit the blade against the side of the metal cup. And, like, if Mm -hmm. you think fingernails on a chalkboard are bad, try metal milkshake blender blade on metal milkshake blending cup. Would it be be bad for me to admit that that I find the rhythmic elevating of the cup onto the milkshake blender (laughs) sort of hot? Yes. Okay, just checking. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Although I know what you mean. There's something sort of dirty, but you can't take your eyes away. Yeah. So from early on, we've both loved chocolate malts then. Yeah. And probably my other favorite milkshake in the world is one that I'm really kind of not allowed to have because it is the Coffee People Black Tiger Milkshake. And this is a specialty of Portland, Oregon. There used to be this local chain called Coffee People that later got snapped up by one of the big chains. But uh, there's still a couple of locations. And you can get the Black Tiger Milkshake, which is vanilla ice cream, tons and tons of ground espresso beans and brewed espresso blended into it. The last time I had one, I was driving from Portland to Seattle, so I thought, hey, I'll drink one of these, and it'll keep me awake for the drive, which it certainly did, and uh, then I eventually got to sleep at 5.30 a.m. Wow. Lesson learned. So are we going to be making some milkshakes today? Okay, let's make some milkshakes. I want to make a couple of milkshakes from this great book called Thoroughly Modern Milkshakes by Adam Reed. He's on that America's Test Kitchen show on PBS, um, but he is a milkshake fiend. And he's written a book that is 100% milkshake recipes, which seems weird, but it has all kinds of great stuff, including I'm going to subject you to the vanilla honey sesame milkshake and the lemon cheesecake (laughs) shake, which I always call the lemon cheese shake. I really liked that when you were introducing the honey lemon one, you made it sound like I'm, the, the title of it was the I'm going to subject you to a lemon honey sesame milkshake. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's a very aggressive cookbook. <laughs> right. You no, know, you've got a blender there already. You can intimidate people. Yeah. And we're also going to be making chocolate malts, right? Yeah, I think we should have kind of a chocolate malt face-off because I understand you make them differently than I do. I start with chocolate ice cream. I do chocolate ice cream, milk, and malt powder. How do you do yours? Yeah, I did not know that you could make a chocolate malt with chocolate ice cream. I grew up making them with vanilla ice cream with Hershey's chocolate syrup and, of course, milk and malt powder. And at Brahms, that's how they made them, too. Now, when you made them at home, did you get to use the machine yourself? I did get to use it, but to tell you the truth, I was kind of scared of it. I was. I would be. Yeah, I was really, somehow, it, it was very frightening to me, the thought that I might hit the blade on the metal cup. So I kind of let my dad do it most of the time. I I would have been scared of it in sort of a Freudian way. Yeah. Well, you would have. So, should we go into the kitchen and make some milkshakes? Let's do. And so we went into the kitchen, armed with a copy of Adam Reed's Thoroughly Modern Milkshakes, and we proceeded to tumble down a rabbit hole, slippery with Hershey's syrup, and we reemerged 40 minutes later with absolutely nothing useful. We have selected here for you uh, our favorite four minutes of that 40 minutes in the kitchen, and uh, we hope you'll enjoy. So uh, what we have here is some lemon sorbet, and here comes the immersion blender. Wow, it's red. It's like a sports car. So we're going to put in some buttermilk, 
honey, lemon sorbet, and vanilla ice cream. It sounds almost like a diet milkshake, Matthew. I don't know how I feel about this. It's not going to taste like a diet milkshake, I assure you. That sounds like the beginning of a beautiful infomercial. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew has to put on an apron to make a milkshake. No, I don't need an apron. Time. <laughs> See, this wouldn't happen in a real blender. Don't worry, in a real blender, I would still find some way to make a mess. Thank God. Ha, huh, interesting. Okay, so here's the head note to this recipe. When I shop in supermarkets with bulk candy departments, I have to steer a wide berth around the honey sesame crunch bin. What is honey sesame crunch? My love for the crunch is fierce, as it is... <laughs> My love for the crunch is fierce, as it is for just about everything of the sesame persuasion, including Asian toasted sesame oil. Some of my friends grimaced when I told them I was developing a sesame shake, but I had faith and it paid off. Huh. Do you think honey sesame crunch, is he talking about like halva? But how would that be in a bin in the bulk section? I am sure he's not talking about halva, but I don't know what he is talking about. All I know is my love for the crunch is fierce. I feel like that's something a pro wrestler would say. Mm -hmm. My love for the crunch is fierce. I don't know what it would mean, but I would be cheering it on. Maybe his wife's name is Crunch. (laughs) I don't know. This one has milk, vanilla, sesame oil, honey, and uh, vanilla ice cream. And we're using Breyers vanilla ice cream, which has some guy from NASCAR on the lid. If it's good enough for NASCAR, it's good enough for me. So uh, why did you choose this particular ice cream? Because I I was just thinking, actually, on my way over here today about how I don't think you should make a milkshake with like a super premium ice cream that's incredibly rich and dense like Haagen-Dazs, but you also don't want one that's like foamy with overrun. You know, I I agree about the Haagen-Dazs, but I think a foamy with overrun ice cream is fine for a milkshake. It's the I think the problem with those isn't the it isn't the air. It's that they don't usually have very good flavor because it's just the cheapest stuff. So I wouldn't I wouldn't use like the kind that comes in the perfectly rectangular carton, but I often use like the store brand supposedly premium ice cream, which is kind of halfway between that and Haagen-Dazs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also the Haagen-Dazs takes forever to soften. So if uh, it's, it's a recipe for disappointment. Okay, good to know. Our, our recipe this week will be a recipe for disappointment. <laughs> for the chocolate malt, all I do is chocolate ice cream, malt powder, and milk. And the chocolate ice cream that I like best for malt is Green and Black's Organic, which I think is totally sucky ice cream to eat as ice cream. It has a terrible texture, but once it's blended up into a milkshake, who cares? It tastes great. So you choose it mainly for the flavor? I choose it exclusively for the flavor. And and it's organic. Wow. (laughs) What a good citizen of the earth you are. I think an important thing when you're making a chocolate malt, and tell me if you agree with me, is to put in a total load of malt powder. I agree. Like way more. I mean, I've seen recipes for chocolate malts where like a tablespoon of malt powder for four servings. No, 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 no. We're talking like a quarter cup of malt powder per serving, I think. I agree. I don't think I've ever measured it. But uh, yeah, I am perpetually disappointed by malts that are not malty enough. So I endorse your, your tactic. I'm afraid that your chocolate malt is going to hand me my ass on a platter. <laughs> yes, now that we've now that we've had our uh, four milkshakes. Wait, I wasn't done with that. No, what? no, give me that one. Oh, that sorry. 
<laughs> okay. Can you put me on a diet or something? So we've just had our milkshakes. I drank all four of mine. Matthew actually only finished like one and a half of his. You're not supposed to tell people that. I, I totally know, is win. It, which which is more embarrassing to finish all your milkshakes or not finish your milkshakes? It's really important that we uh, I'm not that we sure. show a good a good. Face. I'm not sure, but I somehow feel like I'm the more manly of the two of us today. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, so wait is that is that one of those things where I was supposed to deny it? Maybe. Yeah. So I noticed some of our milkshakes came out thicker than others. What do you prefer, a thick or a thin shake? I definitely prefer a thick shake. I want to have to work to get it through the straw. Now, I sort of prefer a thin shake, but I want it to have a lot of flavor. And the thing that I've, I... I won't say I figured it out because I got it from that Thoroughly Modern Milkshake book is that if you scoop the ice cream and then let it sit on the counter for a few minutes, then you can make a thinner shake that still has lots of flavor because it's still mostly ice cream rather than milk. The drawback to that is that those, like, five minutes while the ice cream is sitting and softening on the counter will be the longest five minutes of your life. I really like the idea of that because I think that it makes a lot of sense to let some of the melty ice cream be your liquid rather than keep adding more milk. You're going to have more flavor. You're probably going to have more body in the milkshake. How many bodies do you think you should put in a milkshake? At least two. All right. Good. Well, here we are. Great. How convenient. Okay, so we've already established that it's important to use a metric ton of malt powder in your malt. What is malt powder? Well, isn't it just malted barley that's been ground up? Yeah, I think so. What 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 does malted mean? I don't know. Do you I, know? Okay, actually, I do from uh, from drinking too much beer. When they when they malt barley, they like pour water over some barley grains until it sprouts, and then they dry it so it doesn't grow into a barley plant. But apparently, that changes the flavor and uh, releases some sugars, and then they grind it grind it up. Huh, interesting. What brand of malt powder do you like? Because I know there's more than one brand on the market. Brandon and I actually did a comparison. We did a side-by-side comparison between a couple of different kinds of malt powder. Wow, you're serious malt people. We are. We used carnation and... I'm sorry, what did you just say? One more time. Horlicks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I prefer Carnation. I think that Horlicks has a little bit of a um, a sort of protein drink flavor. It's got a sort of a, it tastes like it's good for you, which is really a problem. I think that was was kind of its original selling point. It's kind of like Ovaltine, isn't it? Yeah. I used to say that I preferred Horlicks, but I'm pretty sure I only said that because I liked saying the word Horlicks. Yeah. Um, Horlicks, 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 Horlicks. We buy the Carnation now because it's what they sell at at our supermarket, and it's perfectly good. Yeah, I agree. Now, I have to say, I was a little skeptical about your chocolate malt, but I really liked it. It's got a soothing, very malty flavor. It reminds me of chocolate milk. Well, and I think that if you're you're a malt lover, and if you're really in it for the malt, (laughs) who isn't, really? Mine has more of a pure malt flavor. It's it's less chocolatey. It's really the malt that takes center stage. However, I think that as an overall malt and chocolate experience, some might say a chocolate malt experience, <laughs> yours is better. Yours is really uh, deeply chocolatey and not too sweet. And it has a really nice mouthfeel, too. I found that mine was a little gritty. Now, are you gonna? which one are you going to make next time you want a chocolate malt? Do I have to say? No. Okay. What about you? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my chocolate malt. I think. Thanks. But I, I I don't think I don't think we can declare a conclusive winner of the chocolate malt smackdown. Do you? I do think they're very different, and I'm okay just leaving it at that, saying that you know difference is good. You've been listening to Spilled Milk, the show where we just drank four milkshakes. <laughs> yes, we did. I'm Matthew Amster Burton, and I'm Molly Weisenberg. Tell me your weight. What, what's <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell me how much it weighs, though, so I can cheat when it comes my turn to make my chocolate. <laughs> Can't you guess my weight from your days as a carny? <laughs> what's a carny? I'm what? Sp- <laughs> I'm spitting on the mic now. Okay, what? <laughs> Wait, seriously, what's a carny? What's a carny? It's it's someone who works at a, as a car- at a carnival, like like a seedy guy who who works on the midway. I was thinking of Carney Wilson. (laughs) Did you know that Delaware has endless discoveries? The first state invites you to explore miles of beaches and boardwalks, dozens of unique breweries, award-winning restaurants, some of the country's best state parks, beautiful garden estates, and even tax-free shopping. There's plenty of fun for the entire family and more. Find trip ideas and all the info you need to plan your Delaware discoveries at visitdelaware.com.